Welcome to Podcasting for That Raisins, where ABC, ABC brings the drama, and we are here to bring the analysis as well. Unfortunately, we are down a co-host today. Me and Ern Marty have split on creative differences. She will never be back. No. Did you try to date 25 of the same men? Absolutely. We just couldn't date the same men <laughs> all at the same time, but unfortunately it didn't work out. But no, Ern Marty is just in Chicago on a work trip, so I called in reinforcements. And none other than Sadie Carpenter of the Leaving Eden podcast is willing enough to join me on a short notice to help us celebrate, help us break down week two. What exactly is the Leaving Eden podcast for the people who don't binge it every week obsessively like I do? So the Leaving Eden podcast is the podcast about my life in a cult and my escape from the cult. And we, we talk Christian fundamentalism, Indian nationalism, uh, the cult I was raised in, other cults. We try to have just an open-minded view and, and a very curious view of what <coughs> makes people get into these groups. Uh, getting out of the cult was a huge undertaking for me, and The Bachelor was actually a tiny bit. So I'm really excited to get on and talk on cult stuff, uh, but something that did help me get out of a cult. Well, that's awesome. And for those of you, this is, I, she didn't ask me to do this. I'm a huge fan of the podcast. She reached out to me a couple months ago on Reddit and we talked a little bit and I've been listening to the podcast ever since. If you're looking for a incredibly well-researched podcast, which you're probably not because you're here and we don't <laughs> do any research, but if you're looking for an incredibly well-researched podcast where the people care about the topics and they pour into it, leaving Eden podcast is for you. And especially if you are interested in religious cults definitely also the place to be well thank you that's that is so kind i truly love the bachelor which i think is i think people see me as a researcher which i i really there I, there are episodes <coughs> of my podcast that i put research into it's ridiculous <laughs> uh but when i need to turn it off from that i the bachelor is one of my absolute things so i'm so glad that we would make this happen absolutely and a, a few months ago we talked to the lady that runs the instagram bachelor data and i'm not sure if you're familiar with that one. Oh, i am well she was incredible so if those if you're tuning in for to listen to sadie if you're uh, uh, if you're a crossover from Leaving Eden and you enjoy a good research podcast, then definitely check that one out as well. She was fantastic. So that was Susanna Summers of Bachelor Data. Uh, but let's I just jump into the episode. I will probably go listen to that as soon as recording because uh, Data and The Bachelor are two of my major passions. She was incredibly interesting. The, it was, the really interesting part was that she said she learned, she used The Bachelor to learn how to use Excel. That is amazing. So she just started, she was just like, well, I have to use it, start learning Excel for work, so I might as well get something interesting out of it. And now she's quit her job and she does this full time. That is amazing. Oh. Yeah, she was she incredible. She might be my new favorite person. Yeah, she's she's really cool. But she's she's done other podcasts too, so there, she's definitely out and about. All right, well, we let's just jump in right into the episode. Uh, for those of you who are not generally bachelor people, uh, we are starting a different type of journey this year. We have two bachelorettes the whole season for the first time ever. Will they make it the whole season though? I, 
I just don't. I, I there's never been a season where I have less like concrete thoughts on how this is going to go. I I feel like we're going to end with at least one engagement. I really do. I think so too. Uh, I I just. I, I think the girls are to split off and have more individual experience, but I don't feel like the guys are ready because okay, so there are some guys that are really already Gabby's guys or those guys, yeah. but there is such a large that are not really committed either way. And part of that's just lack of time with either of them. Right. So I feel like the girls are ready to split, but the guys aren't, and that's going to be really dang. And then there are certainly guys that seem to be guys like Logan that come up that seem to have made intentional connections with both of them. And it'll be interesting to see what he does if he is forced to choose. Ooh, that would be, that would be really interesting. I can also say, if you don't like any kind of very serious speculation about what's coming next, you might want to like skip 30 seconds forward. <laughs> what I think is going to happen... And, and I do, I watched The Bachelor with a day instead of this is a show and it's a reality show, but there's the of scripting, uh, the, you know, the producers, Hey, what do you think about doing this? Or, Hey, have you thought about doing that? We're going to see a man who is connected, uh, either get turned down by the lead, who maybe is with Rachel, gets turned down by Rachel or turns Rachel down, says, I don't want to be with more, leaves and walks over to Zed and says, I actually wanted to be with you. There, is, do you watch the super teases at all? Uh, no. Okay, then I will keep my super tease uh, thoughts out of it then. I just, I just really, my gut feeling is that happened. Yeah, uh, there is definitely some precursors to that within the super tease. So you are okay. That's that's good to know. You are I'm, you are spot I'm on. At the level like I want, I read reality season, but I don't read him on. See, so actually, want spoilers, spoilers. Yeah, I've only been spoiled once, and it made the season a lot less enjoyable. So now I've religiously avoided them. You know, I used to read them every year. I used to. So I um I started watching Bachelor. In- Probably 2012. It might have been whatever Emily Maynard season. That sounds about um, right, then. That, around t- 2012, I think, t- maybe 2013. Um, and I originally, when I originally read spoilers every time and would know who was going to propose and who was going to get picked from the season. And I quit watching Bold. And because I moved to Portland and just didn't have vision, didn't have cable for <laughs> like the first several years here and quit watching Bachelor. And then when I got back in, I thought, well, what would happen if I didn't watch or didn't read any spoilers? So I tried it that way, it way more. So now I don't. Yeah. The only, the only season that I've been spoiled on was on Matt James season. And obviously that season was not enjoyable for a lot of reasons. I didn't watch that. Then. It... It was, it was probably one of the worst things that I've been forced to endure because of this podcast. Just very. <laughs> That's very, really, that is really saying something. Right, very catty, very just like, very high school mean girl. Just I like think I knew the whole time. Some of, I think I watched a lot of Matt's Bachelor in Paradise. Yeah, so you got the you got the yeah you got the gist. So I knew I knew at least some of his people, and then of course I knew Michelle because I watched her season. Yes. 
Well, well, right. Michelle was a uh, the bright spot for sure. I loved Michelle. Michelle was great. But what happened? What happened in the in the actual episode? This <laughs> week? We we took a long way, but let's start this episode. Okay, so we start. We are after night one. Normally, we lose about eight guys. We only lost a set of boring twins and a magician. So we are at a whopping twenty nine guys, which is usually what we start with. And this ends up with people sleeping on couches and futons and on the floor. And this people sleeping on the floor bit really made me miss um, Aaron and James from Katie's season. Yeah, it's good people. Because I felt like they would have made something really see out of that. And oh yeah, sadly, they would they would have had a they would have had a pillow fort on the ground that they shared together. Yes, and sadly, there was no, um, there's no Aaron and James bromance yet to, Not yet. to come out of this house. Not yet, yeah. So we see Gabby and uh, Gabby and Rachel together. They're discussing how they're going to basically have another night one because there's so many people that they didn't get a chance to talk. And they decide that they're going to put everyone in Speedos and make... Yeah, the, the the note that I had written for Gabby and Rachel want to see the guy's abs, but can't throw a pool party because it's raining. Yeah, and that's really what it came down to. It's like, it's raining. We can't have a pool party. Let's put everybody in Speedos inside. <laughs> uh, but it, I did think it was kind of cute. It was at least framed as coming from this. Um, yeah, yeah. This is one of those things like I really want to just suspend disbelief of because this is cute. Yeah, yeah. It was, no, it's... I like them together a lot, so I'm glad that they're making it seem like they're in charge. So they bring all the guys, so they tell all the guys that they have 30 minutes to prepare a talent and change into their speedos. Come back downstairs. The guys mostly just spend time getting that post-workout pump so that they don't so they look better in the speedo, and it shows in everyone's lack of talent. <laughs> uh, so I have, I have a quote from this segment that I wrote down uh, one of my absolute favorite things about the Bachelor franchisms uh, people you know it's it's a bunch of and I'm not saying these people are unintelligent but they are 20 something and usually drunk on normal TV mm -hmm. uh, one of the guys and I couldn't was I uh, was too lazy to rewind it but one of the guys said the stakes on the line <laughs> The stakes were. The stakes were in fact on the line. The stakes are on the line. The stakes were in fact on the line. I guess. I love it. I love the malapropisms. Two seconds later, you get a voiceover of Gabby. We want to know their core values, and then immediate cut to Gabby saying, "Huff Gryffindor." Right. <laughs> they they really asked getting them. to know the guy's core values. Absolutely. In this beauty pageant. Absolutely. So they. The point, it seems like they showed them off. They showed off their body in a Speedo. They did a talent portion and answered some questions. Unfortunately, there's 29 of them. So we did some speed round stuff. Uh, we see Logan. He does the worm. Mario and Jason both jiggle. I mean, juggle. <laughs> I mean, that too. But uh, Avon spends a basketball on his fingers. Ethan does the, uh, the whipped cream challenge thing where you bounce it off your arm and catch it in your mouth. Justin does some nunchucks, nunchucks, and meatball. Oh, meatball! Yes, um, <laughs> I did not make a note about this, which I think that I was trying to block it out. Talk about it. All I do is talk about trauma. So let's. 
bro like this was <laughs> i really th- i really think so i really think that they probably just said hey do you have any meatball related things you want to do and he goes what if i just open a jar of sauce on myself and they said sure bro here's a here's a jar of sauce i guess so like just the facts meatball opens a jar of spaghetti sauce and pours it onto his naked body yes that is his talent i just want to break down like how this happened because i feel like did meatball did meatball like freak out about not having a talent in the fridge and just like mindlessly look in the fridge when you're when you can't think of what you're supposed to be doing look in the fridge um and then see a jar of spaghetti sauce and have it did he come up with this did he think that this was a idea? like what was the um i just his brain for those 30 minutes of you have time to prepare your island i i believe what it comes down to is that meatball does not believe that meatball will win and oh, maybe no, me- absolutely not. And you Meatball may not me. even be interested in the girls, but he's like me- random white guy who has nothing special doesn't make it to paradise paradise. But the guy who pours spaghetti sauce down his chest and brings in a ten foot meatball sandwich that no one wants to because it looks gross makes it to paradise. Yeah, I, I really like meatball sandwiches, but the one on limo night was not not up to par not even not even looking at it through a screen. No, there was, there was, I didn't see enough sauce or I didn't see any cheese. Yeah, it it just, it didn't glisten. I feel like the the meatball sandwich kind of has that um, Mm -hmm. appealing glint to it. Yeah. Meatball sure glistened though, because he poured a bunch of boss. Um, I don't know. I kind of have to, I kind of have to give him back though, because. Oh, I respect it. If nothing else, it was ballsy. I don't, I don't, I respect it. I just could not be interested in someone who does this in any way, shape, or form. Like, for me, no. I think I'm out on that relationship. I mean, Yeah, I, I don't... I don't know why he's still there. But I, I, I guess, guess... I guess they don't like boring God. They let the twins go. Yeah. Well, that's definitely why they let the twins go. But my favorite line was from Rachel. She goes, I'm Italian, but I can't do canned sauce. So I think that was the breaking point for Rachel. She's just like, oh, yeah. canned sauce? Come on now. Rachel, Rachel is really cute. Rachel is, um, I care, like, I didn't disc her, but it was very apathetic towards her. Most of, I started to really see her personality. And I thought, oh, okay, I get, I get more of who it is. And I really like her and I'm glad that she's on season. Yeah. We we briefly talked about this last week with uh, my with my normal co-host. I have a tendency to fall hard for a random girl on the bat season of The Bachelor, and that girl last season was Rachel. So I was like, uh, we were talking pre-show last week. I'm just like, you're gonna have to try to keep me in check this season because I will continue to fall for Rachel hard, and it has not slowed down so far. So Rachel is just like, if I was on the show. I'd be like, Gabby, you seem great, but I am here exclusively for Rachel, and if she does not like me, then I guess I'm just going to have to go. I I love Gabby. I want Gabby to be my best friend, but Rachel so wifey material. Oh, yeah. I will say, like, the girl that I really fell for on would be between Teddy and Serene. Yeah, there was a lot. Teddy was an early favorite that I really liked. They just didn't get to know her enough. 
Uh, I liked her and I liked what is who, what is the name of the girl who was on the two on one where we got rid of Shanae? Is that Gabby? No, that's um No, uh It's a G. There I'm, weren't two Gabbies. It's anyway. Yeah, I'm blanking. She was Gen- It Genevieve. might be Gabrielle Genevieve. or something. Anyway. Genevieve, right. Yeah, I very I, much like Genevieve. I really like Genevieve. Uh, but Rachel Rachel really got my heart of the last season. Yeah. I also found out that she's me, which was weird. Because yeah. Rachel has um she has a very grown energy. She she definitely feels very mature and I think it's probably part of her like career focus is yeah. that like because I mean you can't be too silly when you're piloting a plane. <laughs> right. Yeah. I just I'm at that I'm at that weird age in life where I just realized in the last 12 months or so since are younger than me and a fair half of the men on Bachelorette are also younger than me cuz I just I just turned 20. Okay. So I'm <laughs> I'm at this very weird phase in life where I'm real these are all young 20 something not that anymore. <laughs> I've come to terms with that in the last year or so watching professional sports and these the these are genuine kids a lot of times compared to me at, and I turned 29 at the end of the year so I get it. Yeah, it it is it's a weird phase of life to be in. It's a weird journey to be on to Absolutely. bring it back to the bachelor. <laughs> well, our next guy is Jason. He tells the girls how he can save them $60,000 a year on a 30-year fixed mortgage. This is this is rode in on a horse with Jason? It is. I what what kind of read do you get on him? I do not. I I cannot figure out what I think of him. I think that he's probably just not that interesting. And his only talent was pretend like his, to like do something silly like that because he doesn't actually have talent or that much personality. I yeah, I just I get a weird vibe and I don't think it's necessarily a bad No. I yeah. just feel like I feel like Jason is that guy. Okay, so we're in such a thing right now where in one day you tell the lead about your life, you both cry, and then you get the date or don't get the date rose. Mm-hmm. Um, which kind of which started on Michelle's season and then really took off on Clayton's season. Um I am all for sharing, utilizing, having serious stuff go on in your life and talking about it. Mm. I'm very pro. I don't like what the show is doing right now where it's a bargaining chip. Like you tell them your life trauma and if bad enough, they cry and give you a rose. Like, I don't think that is the way that we normalize talk that we've been through. <laughs> I, um, and it, it has started to feel a little over me. But I feel like Jason is the guy that would go on the the one on one date, and when he out, um, you know, losing a football game in high school or like or a minor aunt's, sports injury. Yeah, minor sports injury, or um, my aunt's dog died when it's really hard for me. Yeah, like he I just, feel like he, that is the get off of Jason. He just doesn't really have a lot there. Yeah, well, it'll it'll be interesting to see where he goes. Yeah. And next we have the star of tonight's episode, Chris the Mentality Coach. He says that he's going to give everybody a taste of his three favorite things, sports, music, and leadership. 
And so he's gonna he's gonna do a little basketball thing, and he's gonna tell people that when he dribbles to stomp, and when he claps the ball to clap, and then he's also gonna sing, but he's gonna wait till the beat is over to sing. I I was okay with this at the beginning of this. I felt like was was an okay thing. Yeah, the the audience participation was not the problem I had with it. It was the fact that he called it leadership. Yeah, um, that I that. that. And then the, uh, now, I'm a decent singer myself. I'm not very good. But even I know that very few people can sound good acapella. Yeah, I definitely can't. But it was, I don't know if you saw this, but where they normally keep, where where they usually show someone's career, they changed his from mentality coach to tone deaf. I missed that. So I I was in and out during this because my husband made a phone call. Um he you know, he was doing that husband thing and people in this um where he will like make a phone call and then you're done with the phone call so you push play on your show but then it <coughs> suddenly starts back up again and then he will kind of like like so I'm 40 times um it's fine that he's on a phone call. I just would be done better. <laughs> So I I I got mean, but not quite all of it. I changed the little bio under somebody. I do love the to bio. Be something snarky. Um, that is one of the, the watching The Bachelor. I think my favorite one was when someone like quit. They like told one of the leads that they had quit so that they could continue to be on the show, and they changed it from their job. And after they said that, their job was unemployed. Oh, that's cold. <laughs> well, because they, they, they're just like, yeah, I just. True. They're like, he told me to come back and I really felt like I was still needed to be here. So I quit. I'm just like, oh, buddy, you're not winning. You should have gone. You should have <laughs> gone home. My favorite is when it says aspiring anything. <laughs> just whatever it is that this person is aspiring to star or aspiring whatever aspiring is good but we so he sings a little and gabby i think my favorite thing about gabby is that you will never not know what gabby's thinking Mm -hmm. because she makes a very a very distinct face when she is out (laughs) and she was out it's just, just ladies and gentlemen, Gabby has left the building. Right. <laughs> and then, so then after this, kind of things end, and they go off, and then they decide the six people they want to bring home, they want to bring over for the night, for the evening, of what I guess ended up being a group date that I didn't know was a group date. But it's Avon, Logan, Brandon, Jason, Johnny, and Colin. And then Chris, as at the end, he, he he feels very comfortable with where he's at. He says, there are some people, including myself, who they don't need a test with right now because they already know how they feel. But for those of you who are going, that's awesome for you guys. So so I have a question. Wasn't there a, like, a motivational speaker or like one of those guys on either Katie or Michelle's end? Yes, Carl. Is that who it was? Oh my god! It was Carl. I cannot believe that I forgot Carl. Carl was the life coach. Oh, Carl. Ugh. 
sorry, I'm remembering Carl's face and it's traumatizing <laughs> to me. Um, I will say that it is awfully, awfully odd that our two most cringe people in back-to-back seasons are life coach and mentality coach. I I just remembered, <coughs> this may be just another lockout, but I just re- I remembered that there is, yeah, some kind of life coach. Um, it's lovely has, Carl. Has one of the motivational speaker dudes ever gone far on Bachelorette ever happened in the history of ever? I don't know, but I really hope not. <laughs> I just, I don't remember any of the last, anybody from the last several seasons that's gone. No, they're usually characters and the characters do not make it to the end. Yeah, that's true that. But we were going to the, the after party. Yes, so we head to the after party. Uh, it is just the six guys and our two lovely bachelorettes hanging out in the uh, the bachelorette's mansion, which is different from the guy's mansion. This is the bachelorette's mansion. Right. And we... Um, do, you, do you know where they keep... Because I've never seen, like, the leaders shown this much on. Is it, like, another house down the road? I think, I think so. That's interesting. Because and, I just I know a bit about the the mansion that they in where all of the contestants stay is a family home. Yes. And they rent it from the family X number only moves out, these people move in. Um so I've read about that and I've never really read or really keep the leads. I would think it's probably a similar situation where they have a consistent place up the street where they where they have like a deal with the family that lives there. And they I rent think it that out. Makes sense. It just in and, and all of the behind the scenes things of the show that remember this whenever coming up. So it's been interesting to me to see mansion and living area. Yeah, the only time I remember it being this much shown was if you on Netflix is Jason Mesnick's season of The Bachelor. And in mm. that one he has a little boy. So for parts of the season here and there, the little boy will be living with him. And they'll I don't think show. I've never seen that season. It's it's very interesting ending to the season. It's a the season itself is fine, and the after the final rose is bat crap crazy. So that yeah, that might get me to go watch. Yeah, but uh, so there obviously he's got a little boy that comes and goes. So then occasionally you'll see, like one of the dates, they're going to go out. But, like, his son was really struggling with, like, him leaving again. So then the date ended up being at the house instead. Hmm. So I feel th- like I would watch that. Yeah, it was really cool. It just They just kind of, he didn't end up, like, she didn't end up meeting the son because it was, like, really early in the season. And I think she ended up going far and meeting him, actually. But it was kind of like, a, we're just going to hang here after he goes to bed. See, I feel like if they could have just done that for, um, is it Michael from Katie's season? Yeah. Had a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm still, I'm still mad about that. I'm still mad about, he is such, he may be one of my favorite men ever from Bachelor. He was a, he was a very good dude, very good head on his shoulders. So that, that was unfortunate like, that he wasn't I able to be a leave. I that he had to leave. I really felt like he a great fit for Katie and like should have her guy. Yeah. And then he left and she was, she was left with three dudes that she was never. Yeah. And she had to ended predictably. (laughs) Poorly. Uh, so then very 
predictably. Right. So then we we start with some one-on-one time. Uh, Rachel pulls aside Jason first, and they are not talking for very long before uh, Jason tells Rachel that he is much more interested in Gabby. And this just starts what looks like is going to be a stroll who do this to poor Rachel. Which, like we At mentioned, least, like the way they're editing it and the way, like what they're showing us, this up to be a big source of conflict. Which, once again, as we've mentioned, to me and to you, does not make sense. Rachel is Rachel, like you said, is very clearly wife material. Oh yeah, like you can you can go out and go clubbing drinks with one of these two, Gabby, all the way. Yes, absolutely. One of these two, and like, come over after you've been something rough, and they're gonna do your nails and break Gabby, hundred percent. Yes. You gotta marry one of these. Two? No question, Rachel. You, you yes, you absolutely. You marry Rachel because just everything we've seen about her, it's just she's very, she's very calm. She's she seems like we said earlier about Michael. He, she seems to have a very good head on her shoulders. And she just seems to just be, like, very, like, she was the one giving Clayton chance after chance after chance. Rachel seems very patient. Very patient. And that's... Gabby seems like a great person. She's beautiful. But uh, I I just feel like these guys are sleeping on frustrating. Yeah. Well, after this, she says, of course it's disappointing, but I know there are going to be men where I have amazing connections. So I really hope it starts to turn around tonight. And then and she she's walks in on. Positive. Yes, and she's trying to be very positive, and then she unfortunately starts to walk outside and sees the man that she just walked just walked away from her, making out with Gabby outside. Yep. That's that's just got to be tough. <coughs> yeah, and she's... I don't know. I like. Do you think it was bad for? How do you feel about Logan kissing both girls? If you, I, I think it's unfair for us to have these thoughts on them if they don't know yet, and it's perfectly perfectly reasonable for them not to know yet. I, I really agree. I, I at this point in the season, now we don't know if this season is going to split at some. If they're going to ask the guys to commit one of the two girls, but at this point, at this time, I don't think there's anything wrong with. Uh, everybody is consent- consenting and happy. Yeah. I mean, this this is the second, maybe third interaction they've had with them. After second yeah. or third interactions, you're not expected to be fully committed to somebody anyway. Right. Um, I do kind of feel like, so this is maybe one of my hottest takes. You know what you think? I do feel Logan is kind of B, but with game. Ooh. Okay. Like he's Connor B 2.0, but not a bad kisser and has game. I don't hate it. I just I loved Connor. Um, Connor B was was like one of my major bachelor guilty pleasures. Like I felt like everybody else. Um, Logan gives me a lot of the same, except for he's he's a little he's. I talked to Connor B one time for like two minutes at the Bachelor Live on stage here in St. Louis. Ah, that's amazing. You super nice guy. It was I talked to him for a split second. He walked past me and said, "Hey, Connor," and he said hi and took a picture with my wife. Oh, I I 
love him. He's one of those people, like, I really want him to life as he was on the show. He seems super great. I I had him on bachelor, my Bachelor fantasy card and took a massive hit because he did not make it as far as I, I thought he was going to be Final Four and he was not. No, unfortunately, um, he did not make it. But um, when I do play Bachelor fantasy, I am terrible at it. Now, if <laughs> you're interested... Is not going to go anywhere. If you're interested, we are partnered with an app called The Rose League. Have you ever heard of it? I've heard of it. I don't think I've played on that before. But basically, it's like it's week by week, and you get to pick your people. Oh, oh, okay. Well, I will get on that. Yeah, because I feel like that's more fun, because it's kind of like like Daily Fantasy, where like each yeah. week, you're like, okay, last week, well, for me, last week, I was in dead last by like 60 points. But next week, I might win. Because I will have the opportunity to pick all new people. Okay, well, I will get in on that with you, and then we can tweet at each other about how we didn't do. It'll well, be fun. <laughs> that's right. So for those of you, for anybody else who is interested, our Rose League ownership is podcasting for the right reasons. Uh, the logo for the podcast is also the picture of our of our league. So you can join that. And uh, my co-host tends to forget, but I do my best to remember every week. So, <clears throat> am I wrong, or did was Logan Kisley really the most interesting thing that after party? Oh, it was the only the interesting thing that happened. Everything else was super boring. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I really want these guys person out. Yeah, and I don't know if maybe <coughs> maybe I am wishing for something that I don't actually add. Um, but I really I really hope like some more people out of these guys. Yeah. So after Logan kisses both leads, they kind of have a their pre-Rose delivery uh, powwow. Rachel says that Gabby, Rachel says that she kissed Logan. Gabby asks about that, but chooses not to tell her. And then says Ooh. basically that Logan isn't worth stepping on Rachel's toes. I missed that Gabby didn't tell her. But I caught her statement about it's worth stepping on Rachel's toes for, which I did find to be pretty empowering. And I thought of opportunity for girl power. So I, I hope that continues to be the. I think the big question is how good of these two, how good are these two of friends after the season? That really shows how down the toilet this may or may not go. They're going to come out besties for life or hating each other. I don't yes. feel like there's middle here. And we never saw Gabby tell Rachel that she kissed Logan too. But I would assume she didn't based on the fact that Rachel gave Logan her rose. Yeah. That makes sense. Because I really feel like that would have been a bigger issue if... But who else was Rachel going to give the rose, though? Like, who else did she really on that group date? No, for sure. I just feel like Rachel would be so self-conscious after what happened with Jason to not give a rose to somebody who she thought was playing too much both sides. In in her mind. Yeah. I do want to give, like, the feminine perspective on this. Yeah, by all means. We're missing that today, this week, so go the and, and I obviously I can't be sure. I'm friends with these people in real life, I just located a parasocial relationship with them. Uh, but with, 
<laughs> well, wait, that's how I ended up on this podcast. <laughs> I I really get that Rachel thinks Gabby or that Rachel thinks Gabby is a lot. Pr- now I would disagree. I think they're both really beautiful and stunning <laughs> in their own way. Uh, I think Rachel is very just her her body language, the way she herself as somebody who has securities about my own appearance. I really see that echoed in Rachel. A lot of Rachel's hangups or like why it really gets to her for Gabby and not her. I think a lot of it is appearance based. I totally see that. It's also you see it a lot more in the way she dresses than in the way Gabby dresses. Yeah, and, and I Rachel think Rachel is like she's not quite as thin as Gabby. Now Rachel's look amazing. Um but Gabby's just a little bit spilled. Yeah. Just bone structure. Mm-hmm. And I I really think that this is just head. Yeah, and I, we were talking about this last week as well, but these two in terms of personality and appearance are very different. Mm-hmm. They they couldn't pick I think this really worked out for the producers in a sense that like from a general standpoint, if you're really into Gabby's either physical appearance or personality, then you might like Rachel, but you're probably not like Rachel's my person if you think Gabby's your person type of personality and and exactly. physical differences. They're they're so distinct from each other. Mm-hmm. But I just, just the way that Rachel is, the way that she's walking and moving, really ten, like is appearance and security. Which we may continue to see, which I hope it doesn't. I hope that she allows herself to feel special from the people who are there for her. But I'm afraid that if the, if the issues of people more interested in Gabby continue, then I'm worried about her, her mental health more than anything. I would worry about it. And I think like the most important thing is for Rachel to come out of, um, I do think so. We haven't gotten to Rachel's one. She looked amazing in her one-on-one date that I think comes up. Um, Rachel looked so good. And I hope this show is a big boost. Um, but I, I hope it's, yeah, I just, I hope it's healthy for people to see her gaining confidence on Yes. Her well-being, I think, is the number one thing. But if it also helps to watch her grow, I think that would be good. Yes, that would be certainly good. So then Logan was the ro- Logan was the recipient of Rachel's rose. And then Jason got Gabby's rose. And then they head back to the house. And like you, mentioned, like you just mentioned, we head straight into the one-on-ones. And we are with Rachel and Jordan V, the drag. Yeah, I just had race car guy written down because I remember I had to go back and look it up later. <laughs> right. And then I remember that they had a very good connection the first night. And he missed... Yeah, but he didn't... He missed an opportunity to kiss her. He missed the most blatant opportunity to kiss her. And that was... That was unfortunate. Yeah, that that was unfortunate. So then they hit the open road in a convertible. And then they jump into a plane that has a zero gravity chamber major props to rachel for driving the race car driver around that would make me very nervous oh for sure so yeah i so credit where credit is due that was that yeah he definitely that's definitely 
intimidating to drive the professional driver. I thought zero G was a cool date. Did you? I, I really like when they do dates on the show. That it's like, oh, that seems like a cool thing to do. Yeah. Did you watch Nick Vile's season when he did this with Vanessa? I'm like nine. I I watched some of that. So I fifty fifty. I may have seen it. Well, in that one, she puked everywhere, and then he kissed. Yes. Her. Okay. No. No. I no. I saw that. Okay. <laughs> I did not see that live. I was not a fan then. Yeah. The clips of it came up were all over after, after this particular date. Well, nobody nobody threw up on this particular zero-G rides, which I guess is, is better than average yeah, for the franchise. For sure. Uh, so they have a really good time at the zero gravity, but we are headed back to the Bachelor Mansion. It's time for Chris to continue to make everyone else uncomfortable. Yeah, and this is where Chris his foot in his mouth uh, beyond repair for his reputation. Yes. Uh, so they're talking about Gabby and Rachel outside. A bunch of them are out there. He says, I'm honestly open to both of them. And he says, if we got that. Now, this was where like I'm just like, okay, I don't, I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with what you're saying yet. But just like from how he had been acting in the ITMs, I'm just like, it's coming. I don't know what he's going to say, but he's going to say something bad. I am so with you. I was on the exact same page watching this. And then he says, if we got down to the final four, which I plan to be in, and if we got into fantasy suites, which are not the same weeks, but okay, and we have this (laughs) sexual experience, and then the person who I'm most interested in decides that she's going to have sex with multiple people, that would be a situation where I'd go, okay, I'm out. So you're already planning on, okay, number one, we don't even know what the final four is going to look like as there are two leads. Mm -hmm. It could be a final six, which of three people get home, like they each do hometowns with three people, they four people. We do not even know like what the end of the season is going to look like. Number two, presumptuous, like, dude. It It was just thing after thing after thing. Like, dude, you were you were telling me that you are one of like the four to eight most desirable men in this house. Well, like, he has a good mentality. I mean, that's I I like the self planning out. Okay, you're you're married. You've mentioned your wife. Yes. Uh, I also I have a husband. Uh, people who are <coughs> maybe just figuring out what it is to be in marriage with a person. Sometimes we do this thing, and the thing that we do is we get in a fight with our partner when there. It's all in our head. Like, we're thinking, like, mm-hmm. well, I'm going to say this, that, and then I'm going to say this, and then he's going to say that. <laughs> Frustrated or even angry with your partner, and then when you get into a fight, um, and it's actually not a big deal, and over time to a marriage or a long-term relationship, you learn like that. I feel like that is what Chris is doing. He is imagining that he is already three weeks from from the the show and well if they go into fantasy fantasy suites with somebody else then i'm gonna do that and then he's just so far ahead of himself and the sexual experience when they are not yet fully committed to him and the way he not only the way he talked about the girls later when he talked to the girls but also the way he talked to and about the guys it was all about him making sure 
that the way he phrased things was just like he was trying to create the narrative that they were saying with his words mm-hmm. whether they meant whether they were saying that or not yeah he was he was just so far ahead in his own brain was this very patronizing and controlling direction and then back in real time in what actually happening he was acting in a controlling patronizing way that's like what he had fantasized for him so like what the direction his mind was i don't know that doesn't seem very healthy for coach i feel like a mindset coach would know well i think it's almost like maybe his job is to like make people like no you this will work out for you this is how it's gonna go you're gonna go to your boss and you're gonna say i need i deserve a raise i this and you're gonna go in there and you're gonna be firm and you're going to turn your life around because you have money or a different title or whatever so maybe this is how he's it's like you are going to the end and when it comes down to this point they will not sleep with other people because they love you so much all Right. I I think that's valid. I think what's not valid is that in this family, I mean, I I think manifesting what you want is is fine. Um, Being about your outcomes is fine. I think what bugs me is that even in a world where he's being positive about his outcomes and trying a few guys, he's still like control part of that fantasy yeah no for sure that is that's what bugs me it's like it's almost not but then the ending <coughs> makes it so bad yeah so some of the guys are immediately in the girl's defense spencer says i really don't think that we should be talking about fantasy suites at all at this point i think it's a little presumptuous and disrespectful to gabby and rachel zach calls it a jerky move and they kind of try to convince him like hey that's not the focus right now we need to like try to have a conversation with them before whether or not we would let them sleep with other people right uh, i did really like so there number one was so much testosterone in this scene i feel like it came through my tv and like i could like feel it um just the amount of testosterone right now yeah it's aggressive was a, it's, it's a aggressive. lot uh, i did really like nate in this scene uh i loved him so much gonna go to the all, all the way to the end because I feel like he's good for the show. Yeah, Nate Nate is Nate was definitely the star of this episode. Definitely, um, which makes me like not want him. Well, I don't know. Him and Gab- Gabby had to have a good time later, so I think we will get to see more of him than we think. Hopefully, I I do think we will see more of him. I just. I don't I don't know. I don't trust the show to keep somebody as who seems as like genuinely pure and not too long. Unfortunately, I wouldn't be surprised either. Uh so this conversation, Jordan's talking to us in the ITMs, is wondering if Chris is going to uh let let them know of this like deal breaker before the fantasy suites. Chris says, "Anytime, any of any time you have a premeditated thought, you you wouldn't do this unless that that is a form of control." Sorry, this is what Nate says. He says, "Anytime you have a premeditated thought, 
you won't do this unless that. That is a form of control and that is manipulative. This is what Nate says. He says, this could be our queen. This could be the mother of our children. You cannot have preconditions to love. It's just a form of control that a lot of men don't realize that they do damage is good. And this damage is good women. That was a mic drop moment for me. That like that was that, Nate. That's when Nate won, I think, the entire Bachelor Nation. Yeah. <laughs> that was, I, I just, I really... I, I really liked the mindset of that. That if you are in a monogamous, committed relationship, it is a normal expectation that your partner people. But this is this is the bachelor in nature, a consensual monogamous relationship. Until he says, "I like somebody says, will you marry me?" It's yes. Yeah. That is the nature of the show, and it is constantly frustrating to me when people sign on to this show. With the expectation that that's not how it is. The, the two that obviously come straight to mind are last season with Susie having that exact issue. And then uh, Luke P. on Hannah Brown season. Uh, did you watch that one season? Did I, you watch that season? I guess I didn't. I, I think I followed that one on on. So I like, watched all the promos and followed, followed on Twitter. Actually sat down and watched that season though. There is a very aggressive conversation at the overnights between Luke P. and Hannah. And just knowing your story the way that I do, I believe that would be triggering. So it was a very aggressive Bible shouting. Oh, oh, yikes. Yeah. I will will tell you, Greg and Katie's fight, me. Oh, this this one was, this was a lot more yelling and a lot more Bible Bible thumping. Ooh, you're a bad. Yeah, you're a bad. You can't love Jesus because you slept with other people. Oh yikes! Oh, that's toxic. It was really Not toxic. A fan. So I, I just googled Hannah Brown season air. It aired in 2018. So I don't know why I didn't watch it. That was our very first season as a podcast. So that was a great jump in. Well, maybe I'll just go back and listen to the podcast instead of watching the season. <laughs> By all means, it's the first season we ever did. So we were worse at it than we are now. You've heard the first episodes of my podcast, right? True, true. We get better over time. Yes. Uh, so then we have uh, Jordan V, the drag racer, and Rachel head to their dinner port. They have this great conversation. Jordan talks about how when he was 13 got divorced and became like the uh, the protector of him, of his, mm-hmm. him and his little sibling. He kind of felt like he had to grow up really quickly and really young. Because he was, there's a lot going on for him. And so that was his story. And we, Rachel steps aside and talks to some name, unfaced producer. She, she says, Jordan, he is so perfect. He's exactly here for me. But the more the day is progressing, the more I just know there is something there. I, I have to wonder what that was the impression that i get is that she genuinely <coughs> just did not feel the connection that she was hoping i hope it's not because she's falling in love i really think she's accurate in her own song and that she just really didn't feel a click that she wanted to yeah and the the part that leads me to think that that might be uh, happening is the and he's here for me because right. he made that very clear on night one that he's here. And once he did that, which it was very brave of him, because once he did that, a relationship with Gabby was off the table. 
Because mm-hmm. Gabby's not going to be anyone's seconds. Absolutely not. <laughs> but it was just, it was very interesting that she was just like, he seems like a great guy. We have things in common that are great and he's here for me, but there's just not whatever it is that I'm needing is the spark is not there. I also feel from seeing Rachel on Clayton season, I feel not great in crowds. She shown so much on, <clears throat> on her one-on-one with him mm-hmm. and just did not have that sparkle setting. I don't remember a single moment of Jade. And I know she must have been on some of them. Had so much more yeah. sparkle when she was one-on-one with Clayton. We're talking one number of guys right now. And she'll be a lot more sure of herself when there are fewer. Hopefully. She can push through. Yeah. She continues to tell the producer, I want to like him a lot. But I know it's not him. And then That's- she eventually sends him home. It's good that she knows what she wants. Yeah. It just, I, I don't think I've ever seen this happen at a one-on-one so early. Yeah, the last one-on-one that I remember, home on a one-on-one. And they, it I, was pretty late. Yeah, it, it tends it to happen later. I think I tend to see it later more, but like this was the first one-on-one. I wonder if that's ever happened before. Where is where is the bachelor dead person? Right, like she's probably got something on there. Her she posts. 18 times a day. So I wouldn't be surprised if she's already got something and I somehow missed it. And then you see the shocked faces of the guys who are like surprised that after Jordan and Rachel's connection that they, uh, they go in and grab his bag. That must be really interesting <coughs> to be the guys in the point. Yeah. I wonder if that sends a, maybe an unintentional message to the guys in the house of hey Rachel is going to be Rachel is really looking for what she's looking for if you're not it you're going home ooh yeah maybe cause like, like I don't think she sent him home just in a message cause I don't see Rachel as being if it was Gabby <laughs> maybe, maybe. Uh, I don't see Rachel as calculating um I think she's um not to calculating in a bad way I just think she's sh- somebody let me back up Somebody recently called me a compliment and I loved it. It was my probably one of my favorite compliments that I've ever gotten in my life. Um, so when I say Gabby's a little, absolutely mean that in the same way that it was applied to me as a compliment. But I don't, I don't see Rachel that way. So no, I, I don't, don't think she intended message, but I think the message came through to the guy of like, Rachel is not going to keep you around just to keep you around. Mm-hmm. So we get to the next, our next group date. Our next group date is with Nate and Gabby. Uh, Nate invite Gabby invites Nate over to the house. They have a quick and slightly awkward glass of champagne with uh, Rachel, and then they go so make you, out in a hot tub. To, you get invited to your date's house. To roommate is there. Right. That's just what that felt like, and it did feel very. Yeah, uh, they go in a helicopter. They make out in a hot tub and then we get to the the most interesting portion of Nate which is their evening portion where Nate tells us about his six year old daughter very um, I, okay number one he said something in the helicopter that was um, Rachel was like oh look he's got, was something something about oh look what a pretty when Nate, Nate goes 
you could hardly look at the view. I was too busy looking at the next to me. Or like something like that. It was very that. smooth. Nice. It was real sweet. I liked it. Yeah. Um, and I also said that Nate just didn't make the thing about him having a kid a weird thing. I feel like it gets him into such a big deal on this show. Like he'll see contestants waffling over like, well, when do I tell them to do that on my first one-on-one date? Do I have to do it on a group date? Or doing it way too soon or like moment or they'll end up keeping it a secret coming off as shady right i felt like nate was one of the rare people got this exactly (laughs) right just Mm -hmm. picked his moment was confident and was real clear about that yeah he says like a pocket of my heart just burst open the first time she said dad i'm a girl dad 1000 percent." it was really sweet yeah it was really sweet uh and then there was the only hesitation I had in that was what Gabby says later where she says, when Nate told me he was a father, I started to think, am I there yet? Can I be a mother? Is this the life I want? Mm-hmm. But I don't need, I don't have to make the decision right now. He really is like a true, true man. And I feel like that was part of what we were missing with Rachel where it's just like, I mean, sometimes if you know, you know, mm-hmm. but also like, Sometimes you don't know right away and things can develop. But Gabby Gabby's letting Gabby's letting time decide whether or not she feels comfortable being a stepmother instead of deciding on the spot whether she is or she isn't. Yeah, so it's a very different approach than what Rachel Mhm. Yeah, so which I thought it's, that was very in- interesting. It's interesting. I do think that something is being set up which but which I, which I sucks. Hope this ends well for Nate one way or another like him. I hope so too. Yeah, he seems like a very genuine guy. Very much like you said, very much Michael A energy. Yeah, he does he does. He has a a lot of of Michael vibes. Yeah. So, hopefully hopefully I I mean, I don't know. I don't feel invested enough in Nate yet to be like, "Oh, I need these two to get married." Like it has to be <laughs> right. these two. But I feel invested enough in Nate that, like, oh. Yes. And who like knows? Like, whether that's here or in or whatever. And who knows? Maybe he's our next lead and his daughter comes along for the ride. And he's just getting, maybe he, yeah, maybe that's why he's getting some edit. <laughs> right. They tend to give their future leads a good edit. Uh, so then, obviously, after a very great night, uh, he gets the date rose. And then we head to the next night's cocktail party. This this cocktail party, so this brings up one of my things about Bachelor, which may be a little unexpected. I think the get-to-know-me activities that pull off are sometimes really... Sometimes they can be. Sometimes they're cringe. Sometimes they're so awful. I think it was um, Michelle Ann who had like the, the ongoing like food t- thing. Rodney. Yeah, I thought she did it, Brandon, later, but I she, could be wrong. I really liked Rodney, and I wanted him to be Bachelor so bad. I, I, I did, him. too. But there was definitely some, like, with things with Rodney where, like, she, they, it was really more apples. Michelle and Rodney, yeah, they were not to be romantically paired. No. But their, uh, like, dare date was so cute. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, like their hotel date where it was like yeah. a, like a like a dare is never like thing was super cute. 
but they had like the ongoing like food they thought was was a great like tie the season together thing every time you see michelle and rodney together um sometimes the things that people and if somebody has a bad limo little activities are going to be bad yeah and then if somebody has a great limo exit you're like oh i with i thought mario's little mini workout was super cute yeah and it was it wasn't like hey I'm going to make you work out in a dress and heels. I'm going to work out and let you be a part of it. Yeah. I I just, I thought the way her during that interaction. So, mm-hmm. so this is early on in the cocktail party, but uh, Gabby is occupied with somebody else. Mario, who got Gabby's first impression road time to connect with her. He's a personal trainer and he says he's created a workout and he wants to do Rachel. So he like holds her and does some squats, does some other like workout stuff, kind of using her as a weight. I thought it was, I thought it was really cute. I liked just as a person who has dated met the way he handled her really respectful and on point. Mm, no, for me. sure. Just like I, some of these people, some of the men on the show, the way that they touch gives me the creeps. And yeah. sometimes... I see this and I'm yeah, no, like that is clearly like beyond consensual. And I'm, I have such a, just the way my brain is, I'm on for that. The way that Mario t- felt really good, like really full and like, oh yeah, if some dude was going to pick me up squats with me while I was wearing a dress and heels, they handled. So I appreciated it. I thought that was a really cute shtick that Mario did. Yeah. Uh, Gabby says, I definitely was interested in Mario night one. But I am thinking about Gabby because he's her first impression, Rose. It's a big deal. Yeah. But so they... Rachel maybe feels like Gabby has her territory with that first impression, Rose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she she later says, I do think that I could feel something for Mario and after their workout. So this will be definitely interesting to see how that one. Those are the two I think that are like the most likely her, him, and then are the two that I think are most likely to cause issues between the two girls, at least so far. Yeah, that's what's being foreshadowed for us. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it'll be okay, but I'm also a ridiculous... And then uh, the the cameramen get the uh, the fortunate shot of Gabby noting right. what's happening just a short distance away between her good friend and her first impression rose recipient i couldn't leave i felt like i couldn't get a good read expression this was a time where she if she was upset she hit it very well so it was it was noticeable to see like i i couldn't tell even after like watching it twice two or three times i'm just like i can't tell how she feels about it my my gut feeling was that she's okay because first impression rose is generally if i'm if i'm remembering correctly data and watching tiktoks um first impression roses do predict her in the season and being in like top eight territory predict the winner it's a lot more predictive for the bachelorette than it is the bachelor interesting it seems like the bachelor they kind of just pick the person they're most physically attracted to yeah and then the Bachelor, it seems as somebody that they have the best connection with so far. So I think, for the most part, there's a couple like standouts where it's like it doesn't work out. But I think Nate was Michelle's first uh, first impression. Rose. 
I don't remember, so I'll trust that one. I th I think it was. That sounds really right, though. I think it was. So that that's just the the most recent example that comes to mind, and then. Uh, the aforementioned Hannah Brown and Luke P. Luke P. would have won the season if he had gotten out of his own way just like one time. <laughs> and he was the do first impression who, rose recipient. Do you remember who Katie's first impression rose? It was. I, I was going to say Greg, but now I don't think it was her first one on one. Yeah, and you usually don't get that. Let me, Already Googling it. <laughs> right. I'm trying to pull a bachelor data. Greg, Katie's first impression rose was Greg. Okay. So that's yeah. So then yeah. Then again, Greg would have won if he had gotten out of his way for thirty seconds. Greg, Greg would have won if he caught in that mental trap of like, <coughs> you are not in a committed monogamous yet, you are still on the Bachelorette. Like, which he also couldn't. Yeah, but I'm not gonna relitigate the the breakup. I could do an entire episode on it. Get into that right now. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so Nate was Michelle's first impression rose. He ended up winning. Claire's first impression rose was Dale, but that one was skewed because they were weird. And then we went through we went through a four year stretch where the first impression rose won four times in a row. Wow. Caitlin Bristow, JoJo Fletcher, Rachel Lindsay, and Becca Kufrin all picked their first impression rose winner. And it also happened in Ali Fedotowski's season. I don't know. I just, I didn't, I didn't get the impression that Gabby and Mario were, I, I don't know. I didn't get the impression that they were that extreme. No, I think that they had a really good connection and he was the first one to make like an intentional move for her. So I think she, as someone who seems very forward, she's, I think that she really appreciated that. But I don't know if it was like, this is my person, like, marking, marking. See, I, I just, I feel like the Logan thing is going to be a bigger than the Mario thing. I think so, too. But I could totally be wrong. Yeah. Uh, so then Rachel has a couple nice moments out on the pavement. She plays, she plays some basketball with Tyler. She... They both have a good moment with Quincy, and then we really get to the heart of the issue, which was, once again, Chris. I, okay, so Quincy is playing the actor. Which means he already knows he's losing. Right. But also, he's, like, not as ready as Aaron. And I feel like, like, I watched it on Katie's season, and then I watched Aaron on Bachelor in Paris. And I kind of got used to, like, I first saw Aaron and Dia's way too aggressive. And then I, like, kind of got used to his aggressiveness. <laughs> so now Quincy is in that role who calls out the drama, the guy who approaches the lead about the drama. Um, But he's just not, he is not on that level, like, where Aaron is, like, constantly ready to throw hands. Oh, yeah. Aaron, so Aaron was obnoxious. Aaron was obnoxious, but I ended up kind of liking him by the end of Bachelor or by the end of Paradise. Yeah, same. So um, Qu Quincy brings Rachel over, and then Jordan H and Henley talk to her about what Chris said. She says, "I don't even know why sex is being brought up. The fact that Chris is already discussing ultimatums is just extremely upsetting." Yeah, I they very much. Got the I felt like the guys were really good about exactly what he said. Mm -hmm. 
and the girls were just as not about it as we were. I will say that is the difference between what he did and what Aaron did. Aaron seemed to be uh, sharing words, but also sharing what he thought the intent was. While Quincy just said, this was the conversation and this is what he said. Do with that information what you will. Yeah. Aaron is is very emotional. <laughs> he was he was and definitely Quincy trying to the give exact birth. opposite. Quincy is very chill. Yes. Yeah, Aaron Aaron on the other hand was just very just like, Well, this is what he said, but this is definitely how he said it and what he meant by those words. Yeah. I'm I'm looking something up. Yeah, by all means. I just um, wanna know I just wanna know what astrological sign Aaron is. <laughs> September <coughs> Goodness. But uh, we have Rachel, then she goes in quickly, grabs Gabby, grabs Gabby, and shares the intel. And then they go confront Chris. The teamwork on this was beautiful. 10 out of 10. No, no. They, I loved them being so in on the same page. Yes. Like, I know... I like I know that these are souls and like I respect that, but also it's moments I'm like, is this season gonna end in Gabby and Rachel getting married? <laughs> because like I like I understand that I should like straight, but also the two of them were so incredible finishing each other's sentences with mm-hmm. what looked like very little preparation or yeah, they, they they were reading him the riot act for sure. Gabby says, do you think it's appropriate to be talking about fantasy suites this early? That was that was my husband yelling, hearing something. Oh, I didn't even hear anything, so you're good. <laughs> Scared the crap out of me, but okay. <laughs> yeah, Gabby and Rachel were just, they were so good. Gabby's like, it's appropriate, and the, everything, this, this entire. Yeah, and then she says, we're four days in, and your very calculated thoughts about fantasy suites you already have very calculated fantasy suite thoughts at this time. This is on the level of the guy who brought an entire no bachelorette. <laughs> I remember that guy. This is like him just without the notes. <laughs> yeah. It was, he, Chris continues to deflect and just kind of like try to talk his way out of it. Rachel says right now you could take this opportunity to maybe apologize and own up to everything that to and own up to everything that happened but instead i feel as if you're being condescending towards us well he was like this man truly believed that he was smarter than gabby's brain and rachel's brain combined Mm -hmm. which was not correct no (laughs) this just he he just very very much estimated gabby and rachel yes and then he proceed they proceed to walk him out and a, a fun line where Gabby stops and says, "You can lead us out." Oh, that was that was cute. That was, mm-hmm. <laughs> I I did I did like that the her tone, just the the tone in Gabby's voice in this int- was peak Gabby. No, it, it was incredible. She was this felt it feels like when she is like heated. That she's just like everything that you're. Go- I'm going to do is iconic right now. Yes, um, I did find it, it. It is interesting if you put this up against Clayton's season because Clayton drama so early with me and then Shanae like just right on top of each. Other. 
and Clayton kept the drama wrong as possible and I wonder if that influenced and Rachel because I feel like Gabby and Rachel went into that class like 95% sure they were going to have to leave right that minute they're not waiting for the rose ceremony they're not waiting another week to see Elf. they walked into that conversation kicking him out unless something bombshell happened in the conversation Chris yeah and I wonder if maybe they were influenced by so much early drama. That would definitely make sense. That they're just like, we can't have this go the same. We can't let just, we I, can't let someone be this toxic for this long. Yeah, I just I just wonder if that was in there because I am definitely of the impression that they walked into that conference intending to ask him to leave. Yeah. And of course they did. Uh, they walk him out. They're standing in the front. So how does this work? I literally just walk in this direction. They say, yep. You walk. Yeah, you just keep on going. I, they're just like, you can stand right here. You can walk out. I really don't care. We're going to go back to our party. That was such a stupid statement from him. Right. Well, he, and he, I guess he decided that he wasn't done yet. So he turns he around. he snuck back in. He snuck back in. He pulls Quincy, Nate, Hayden, Tyler, and Jordan aside, and he's been to ask them questions about how things happen with Rachel. When Rachel and Gabby come back in, and very confused and irritated that Gabby says, we did ask you to leave. Do you look on Rachel's face when she Chris back in was really something. That was yeah. one of my favorite facial extensions of the episode. Mm. And then Nate... Our knight in shining armor so far this episode stands up, says, all right, then that's all that needs to be said. If they ask you to leave, just be a gentleman and go. Yeah, like the guys <coughs> are not having it. He's, he's, he's out, he's gone. So he leaves again. Yes. This time he left out the back, right? It seems so. I don't so. think they went through the whole like proceed front door again even. Well, because they didn't need to. He'd already been walked out once. <laughs> You've, no, you've received your one complimentary <laughs> walkout. Any other walkouts from here on on you. Right. And then as he settled down, uh, good old Jesse shows up with his uh, knights and announced that they're going to head straight to the rose ceremony. Yeah, and once again, I don't know why, because they're girls, but they still can't seem to talk to every guy. <laughs> oh, man. It's just something else. And then Jesse lets us know, and then the girls reinforce it, that at this moment, it sides, at least at this moment. Right. And I, and I really think the girls probably... So we what we know behind the scenes, people, is that typically the rose cer ceremony is not shot, shot. Yeah. Like, the lead will, especially the early rose ceremonies when there's people, the lead will go back in the back of the host, um make a list of who they're keeping and who's going home they will have folk can't even remember all of their names at this point a la jesse palmer um, <laughs> right <laughs> um they will make a list they choose who's staying and going home and then the lead will walk out announce names, walk back check the list out announce a few names walk back into the room check the list and these it goes on for a while so i kind of assume the the two leads had a conference and had a set list they were keeping. Yeah. So I don't think it was a surprise. One of them called a name. I don't think the other was surprised. I think they had it coordinated mm -hmm. at this point. And the roses at this are for Jason, Avon, 
Eric, Jordan, Quincy, Michael, Tino, Jacob, Tyler, Termaine, Hayden, Meatball, Kirk, Spencer, Alec, Ethan, and Mario, who joined Logan, Nate, and Johnny, who already had. And I'm I'm sorry, I forgot to count. How many is that rimming? <laughs> Let's do this. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. Ah, I was good. I had written down in my notes, is this about ish? So, yeah, way to go me. Right on. And they sent Brandon, Colin, Ryan, Matt, Justin, John, and the aforementioned departures of Chris and Jordan V. I think the thing is that 21 still seems like a lot heading into week three. But if you split those evenly between the girls each, so we'll call it 11, and 11 heading into week three. That would be very low and might indicate that this might have a greater level of success, especially if they split them off next week. Yeah, because, okay, what if... What if next week we end up one of one of the girls have 11 or 12 committed to her, the other one has 10 or not? Because then it's actually, that's more like week five. Yeah. Having nine to 11, typically. Because if you think about it, they can very easily drop four, drop five next week and put them at 16 total men and that's eight each. Yeah, and that's, that's over halfway through a season with way more than half a season more episodes left. Yeah. So that could that could be really interesting. I think the most interesting thing would be is men to start two sides but didn't require men like week five. How like how cool would that be? That would be really so interesting. So men could lock it in now and get the main bounty points for being the first person to lock it all. Yeah. Because okay, so if you're willing to go now, if you're willing to lock it in, you get massive brownie points because you are the first guy who's like, no, I'm here for Gabby, and like you get those points, or you can get another week and a half. Like that would be really interesting. They're going to, but that boy, would, be. would it be fun if they did. Because yeah, because like we were talking when we were talking last week, I'm just like, if you like know who you want the goal would be to lock it in early and then just like be obviously be very nice and respectful and create a friendship with the other lead Mm -hmm. but make sure that both ladies know like hey i came here for rachel or i came here for gabby i don't want to waste your time i want to be friends with you because you seem great but I don't want there to be this ill-conceived idea of a relationship when I'm specifically here for the other person. I think the ultimate power move. So let's say you're a guy in the house. You are ready to romantic relationship with Gabby and lock it down with Rachel. Which would obviously be the right move. Which would obviously be the correct thing because everybody should be friends with Gabby and marry Rachel. Yes. But what you should do, the ultimate power move, and I know this season for months, uh, but the, the ultimate move, you go to Gabby before you go to Rachel and tell her that you're, you go to Gabby first 
you say, I'm here for Rachel, be her friend, and then almost like asking Gabby for permission to date her best friend. And also, in and hopefully in addition, receiving and right that how it is best to woo so you're setting it up with gab as like it's not a rejection of you it's i want to date your best friend is that okay i'm just Mm. saying if somebody really wanted to win this is the way to do it because then the other whichever lead you're not pursuing is not that might be ingenious so I'm sure you've heard me say before that I watch The Bachelor because I enjoy the mind games. Yeah. And I feel like this has been an illustration of that. Yeah, you're, you're like already planning out. If you but were a guy like on this season and not married to your husband, how would you marry Rachel? If my husband ever got eaten by a shark, um, yeah, I need a plan for how to marry Rachel. So there you have it. I mean, this wouldn't be the first contestant on this show that I've attempted to Mary in a situation where my wife is no longer with us you know i just i feel like um i feel like you i i don't know how people watch the bachelorette and don't yeah that seems that's the fun <coughs> of it to me because i think like just philosophically bloody show and i watch like halfway like i'm watching this because it is in and the other half of me, like, yes, I get sentimental bowls, And, like, every once in a while, I really do actually fall in love on this show. And, like, that the feelings that are portrayed are genuine does happen. Yeah. And I do get sentimental about certain... Um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm watching both perspectives. And watching it from the perspective of, like, at the end of the day, yeah. a reality show. And, like, there is a component winning. As much as it's very good to talk about it on the show... <laughs> right. Um, it is what it is, and it's <laughs> fascinating to watch from that perspective. Yeah. I think the more we talk about Chris, the most confusing part of it for me is that he was like, having this ambiguous conversation with someone in the fantasy, both in this conversation having the same words. Or, I... <laughs> or was it just an ambiguous shale? I think either way, it's a very bad look. Oh, it's horrible. I just didn't know, like... I like, think he was... in his... <laughs> I think in his mind, he was in both girls' both girls' final three. You know? That would be the least surprising thing. I think, I think in his hypothetical world that he talked way too much about and got him... In that hypothetical, he is in... There are... He is wise... And each girl picks a final three, and he's the one guy who is threes. So he is able to make an ultimatum that neither girl makes him a third lead in his head. <laughs> I think that's what was going oh through Oh my his goodness. Brain. Yeah. I mean, once again, sure. Why not? All right. Well, Sadie, having you here has been the ultimate pleasure. I appreciate you being able to step in on less than 48 hours notice well if anybody if anybody asks me to talk about the bachelor just just down for that (laughs) well that's good to know uh well if you're a fan of the show or you're a fan of sadie's and you want to listen to her bachelor thoughts you can follow us on 
Twitter at Podcasting for the at Right Reasons Pod. You can follow us on Instagram at Podcasting for the Right Reasons. And then on TikTok at Right underscore Reasons underscore Pod. There is just clips from the show, uh, the random news that I'll share. But for the most part, it's just clips from the show. Uh, my co-host, Aaron Mardia, runs the Instagram. I run the Twitter. So you're more than welcome, if you prefer one or the other, to pick a social media but i prefer you you follow both uh you can follow the leaving eden podcast at leaving eden on instagram and on twitter i think we're leaving eden pod on both in and twitter okay and My then host runs the, oh it's leaving eden podcast on pod on twitter and if you're a fan of the show and you need more fun fundy talk then you can also join the facebook and that's eden exodus which yeah, is so which I very much enjoy. Heard, you've heard me talk about all of not talk about The Bachelor on my main podcast, um, but I do talk about a lot of stuff. Time. Well, yeah, I've like I said before, and this is this is a just a shameless plug for somebody who I appreciate stepping in, but also a podcast that I talk about with my wife every time it comes out, and she goes, "What podcast is like? This is my cold podcast." She goes, "Oh yeah, okay." <laughs> I have we have so many listeners from in that they resonate with some aspect of my they were raised in non-Christian evangelicalism or whether raised in some kind of religion religious cult of all stripes uh, or is that they connect with me on and they listen and then they, everything that they heard and it it builds relationships and that's what I get to do with my show. Yes, me me and my co-host both grew up in the same fairly conservative Southern Baptist church. So a lot of it, I'm just, I can't believe that there are Christian churches who do that. And some things you say, I'm just like, that sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah, if you if you grew up in an environment that had some elements of mine, but not the things that we had in common. Yes, I think that was part of what I like enjoyed. We were just like, this feels... Like, uh, like a, if someone wrote a distant future of my church, that's what it could look like. That's, that seems extremely accurate. <laughs> if the wrong people get, were in charge of the church for too long. That is pretty much what got made. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, make sure you, you give Leave, Leaving Eden podcast a chance if you have any interest in the, in the cult or if you have any interest, interest in extreme fundamental beliefs uh super or interesting if you just want to like make fun of the fact that the dugger ginger and spelled it j-i-n-g-e-r we got that too yeah it's just a wide range of interestingness in that podcast so make sure you oh, check that I one should, out as well i should do a promo for um we have two reality tv episodes actually because Perfect. we're doing uh, a recap of who the plath family is on fifth and then the, the welcome to plathville airs on august 2nd and then on august 8th we are gonna recap perfect well if, so if you're a reality tv fan we got something for you there perfect sounds like the sounds like the best place to start for that and then do you want to plug your social medias before we get out of oh, here yeah. if you want to follow me on my personal sh- socials you on instagram at sadie carpenter music on twitter at hell at sadie carpenter one so yeah, and that's once again for us, that's podcasting for that reasons on Instagram, right reasons pod on Twitter. 
and write underscore reasons underscore pod on TikTok. Until next week, I will assume until I hear otherwise that my good friend Ermardia will be back. But if not, maybe you'll hear Sadie again. Who knows? Bye, everybody. Bye.